Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, Mr. News, hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, crystal clear evidence, shocking evidence, bombshell evidence of collusion between big tech and Democrat-controlled big government. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. platforms acting alone. They're acting in concert with political and government officials. So as I said, the distinction between public and private is a distinction that's increasingly without a difference. So James is talking about suing Twitter. I don't know if we'll sue Twitter or not. But you can be sure the censorship will continue unless something is done. And something's going to have to be done. And uh, whether it be a change in the law or the courts looking at the changed practices of these companies and the dishonesty thereof, will start interpreting the law correctly as opposed to so overbroadly as to provide them widespread immunity for all sorts of misconduct. I mean, Section 230 essentially provides these companies a safe harbor from being held liable if they remove material that is essentially violent or pornographic or otherwise objectionable. Now, typically in that context, otherwise objectionable means stuff that's like violent or pornographic, not stuff that you don't like because of the politics of it. But even beyond that, when they say they are removing things for one reason, when in fact they're not, they're doing it for another reason, they're lying. Stop the tape. That's my buddy Tom Finton from Judicial Watch. Judicial Watch doing a great job, as usual, exposing this connection now. And I'll get into the details in just a moment. But this connection, clear proof. 500-something pages. Freedom of Information Act out of California. Clear proof of collusion. Yes, collusion, YouTube. Collusion between big tech and big government. And by big government... Yeah, we're talking about federal officials, but in this case, we're talking about the state of California. Remember now, Newsom and all these other proud Californians run around the world saying, well, we'd be the fifth or sixth largest economy in the world if we broke off. Go ahead and break off. (laughs) Go prove yourself to be the sixth largest economy in the world. Go knock yourself out. See how you'd perform without a Navy and an Army and the Marine Corps and an Air Force and a Coast Guard. 
See how you'd perform with all the federal buildings that reside in California, all the tax dollars and the benefits you're getting from the federal government. Why don't you go break yourself off and become an independent, sovereign nation? You know how the 49 other states, well, at least maybe half or more of the 49 other states would do this. Sayonara, see you later. Texas, they throw a party. Florida, they throw a party. Georgia, well, most of Georgia outside Atlanta would throw a party. Arkansas would throw a month-long party. Louisiana, I think Louisiana would still throw, well, Louisiana, New Orleans, they throw a party no matter what. California stays in the Union, California leaves the Union. They're still going to party. <laughs> At least I hope so. I hope that uh, New Orleans retains itself post-COVID. I don't know what's going on down there if you live in um, Bayou land. Uh, give, drop me a line. and I've got Benny, the joke man, down there. And, and Benny uh, and family, if you are listening, drop me a line. I haven't talked to you in a long time. I've got to have you on this year's program. And this year's program, I want to remind you, by the way, is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. If you go to MyPillow.com, put in Ledger in the promo code box. That's L-E-D-G-E-R, Ledger in the promo code box. You'll get up to 66% off fine products on MyPillow.com. Not just, just about pillows, by the way. It's about all kinds of frilly stuff that women buy. And men. It's okay, guys. You can go to MyPillow.com and order sheets. Just don't order a duvet, okay? And most guys don't even know what a duvet is. Uh, You can also go to GrahamLedger.com. There's a link directly to MyPillow on GrahamLedger.com. On there, you can find the Ledger Register question, which asks you simply, have you taken one of the COVID vaccines? And I'm not going to shame you if you have. Just give me your honest... Answer. There's a lot of people who have personal reason. I have a buddy of mine I golf with. He's a cruise freak. And you know that the CDC, which, you know, the cruise lines are all, they're all registered outside of the United States. They could say screw you to, to any of these guidelines if they wanted to. But of course, the United States leads the world. And the CDC is going to have a guideline that's saying anybody who rides on a cruise is going to have to have the COVID vaccine. So he got the vaccine. And he's not exactly one of these people that follows the crowd. He's not a lemming. He's not a sheep. But he also knows he likes cruises. All right, so you've got your personal reasons of getting the COVID vaccine or or not. And if you're not, maybe you're paying attention to what this year program has been reporting, and that is that it's not a vaccine. It's some sort of medical device, experimental, that the FDA has not approved and 10 years down the road may never approve. Why do you want to inject that in your body, is my question. I was devastated when my daughter, I was devastated when she told me that she got the vaccine. I, you know, she doesn't listen to me much anymore. On big issues, she does sometimes. But on this one, boy, she decided to do exactly what dad said, hey, you don't need to do. Okay, God bless her, and I I hope... 20 years down the road, there's no ramifications like sterilization. I I pray to God I'm wrong. I pray to God I'm wrong. That there's no autoimmune disease or Kawasaki disease that was reported in the FDA report, preliminary draft report of October 2020, but somehow here today in 2021 hasn't made it to the medical providers. I asked my buddy who got the vaccine, were you warned about all these potential side effects? Nope. Just sign away. You're doing this in your own volition. Sign away. Pay no attention. Pay no attention. 
to all the research out there. I'm getting lost here. Facebook, oh, coming up on this program, we're going to talk to uh, one of the, the lead proponent, one of two of the recall of Gavin Newsom in California, not just about the recall, but about what I'm about to tell you about and what Tom Finton was telling you about. And that is Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, a.k.a. Google, are colluding with government entities at the federal level, but in this case, at the state level in California, to shape content on social media. It's, it's crystal clear, and it's a 500-page report that was released, Freedom of Information Act, to Judicial Watch. This is the California Secretary of State's office, and in particular, its office of cyber security. Isn't that great? Cyber security, running under that auspice, is communicating directly with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google, and YouTube, to remove content like mine. In particular, though, they were in hyperdrive during the lead-up to the 2020 election in November. And so they monitored posts, and through this Freedom of Information Act request, Judicial Watch was able to obtain multiple accounts, 31 that they were able to ferret out here. And imagine all the cases that weren't covered, that, that maybe aren't documented, that were word of mouth, that weren't contained in an email. And this is how you track them down is through the the email chains, right? Well, what if there were just phone calls made? These people were working hand in glove in the Secretary of State's office in California, hand in glove with Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, a.k.a. Google. And it's not just because those companies have home bases in California. It's because they're like-minded. They wanted to defeat Donald Trump. They wanted to give a majority to the Democrats in Congress, both in the House and the Senate. Almost did it in the Senate. Practically did it in the Senate, practically speaking. And Nancy's got her majority, slim though it is, in the House of Representatives. So there were, in this case, 31 documented occasions where there was direct communication between the Secretary of State's office and Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. And on 24 of those 31 occasions, guess what? Guess what? Miraculously, those posts were removed or they were sanctioned. You know, they put the little warning or they were kind of shadow banned. I know that's not the proper use of the term, but sometimes the way these social media companies are doing it is you have to double click on the content to actually see it. But there's a huge warning, you know, like you're going to get some sort of virus either cyber or Wuhan corona variety, if you click on it. 31 occasions, 24 times it was removed or there was some massive warning. And there's also evidence that the Secretary of State was dealing directly with folks related to the Biden administration. So not only are you dealing with these people are dealing, that the social media is dealing directly with the Secretary of State's office under Gavin Newsom, Yes, more on that in a moment. But also they're dealing directly with the people who are trying to elect Joe Biden. These consulting firms. They had what they called misinformation daily briefs. And so this consulting firm would talk with the folks in the Secretary of State's office in California daily and say, hey, there's this post, this, there's, look for this, look for this. And so the Secretary of State's office 
this is crazy, but it's true. The Secretary of State's office in California was monitoring social media posts with the help of these consulting firms, at least one, trying to elect Joe Biden. Then communicating with the social media companies in order to have those posts removed. Dozens of occasions, and they went into hyperdrive during the lead up. You're talking August, September, October into November of the 2020 presidential election cycle. For example, here's one September 21st, 2020, an email that's subject was election issues, election issues. How benign. (laughs) And so this was sent from the secretary. This is how bold these people are. This was sent from the secretary of state's office in California to, in this case, I think it was Facebook. They sent it to Facebook and they said, hey, we have this post we don't like. This was at 11.43 a.m. on September 21st, 2020. September 21st, 2020, at 11.43 a.m., an email is sent from the Secretary of State's office in California to Facebook, saying, hey, we don't like this post. Could have been Graham Ledger. Could have been Donald Trump. Could have been Mike Lindell. Could have been anybody, right? Anybody they don't agree with. And so they send this information to Facebook at 11.43 a.m., and by... 12.53 p.m. Now, I went to a state university, so it takes me a little bit of time to do the math. But by 12.53 p.m., that's one hour and ten minutes, it's gone. Poof! Miraculous! What a coincidence! What a coincidence that the Secretary of State's office in California sends just a little benign email to Facebook about this benign little post and poof it's gone within one hour and ten minutes that's just one example of many 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 instances of collusion between the secretary of state's office of california and biden lieutenants and the social media companies we're being railroaded okay so here's more documented evidence Are we just going to bitch and moan about this or are we going to do something about it? Well, in my mind, we can do something about it. And Tom Finton, God bless his heart, is talking about government regulation. Let me ask you a question. Do you trust the courts? I think the answer is no, unfortunately. Right on up to the Supreme Court. You never know what John Roberts, you never know which pant leg John Roberts is going to put on first. Is it his left or his right? He's cuckoo. He's cuckoo nuts. He's the Mitt Romney of the United States Supreme Court. And frankly, he should be removed, in my opinion. I think Donald Trump should have figured out a way to, uh, to get the momentum going to have the guy removed. Um, I, there is a constitutional procedure here. You basically have to impeach him. Okay, fine. Get rid of him. And replace him with another Clarence Thomas, please. There are more Clarence Thomases uh, out there. Anyway, it is clear abuse of power that's going on, but do you trust the courts to remedy it? No. And then the other suggestion is, yeah, this this 230, Section 230, revoking it, fine. But then we're relying on the federal government. Say you treat YouTube as a utility, 
Then we're relying on the swamp. We're relying on the swamp to do what we want. So in my mind, these are not solutions. I believe there are free market solutions. But the bottom line here is this malfeasance, this collusion between government and the social media companies happened in the largest state in the union that would be a fifth or sixth largest country if it broke off during the gubernatorial administration of a guy who is facing a recall election now. You know him as the Marxist in California, a.k.a. Gavin Newsom. Joining me now, one of two principals on the Recall Gavin 2020 effort, Mike Netter. Mike, this report by Judicial Watch, and again, God bless Judicial Watch for all of its great work over the years, and it continues to do wonderful work. 500 pages plus of evidence of collusion between the Secretary of State's office in California and social media companies. Secretary of State's office just happened to be operating under one governor that you're trying to recall. Yeah, it's actually more than uh, it's it's direct evidence. It's it's blatant abuse of our privacy rights that the secretary of state's office actually had an open portal with groups like Facebook and Twitter going through the top headlines of the day, trying to find things where they could communicate to get posts taken down. Now, Facebook and Twitter are private companies colluding with our our California government's office without revealing it to the public. And in fact, one of the most damning pieces of evidence in those documents, quite honestly, is the fact that people in the Secretary of State's office got very nervous and stated so. They didn't like the line of questioning that a Cal Matters reporter was asking when he was inquiring about it. It's basically our our big government colluding with big companies to squash the voice of the people because they don't agree with what we're saying. And this should be outrageous to all Californians, to all Americans. Yet it's not being reported in the mainstream media. They're not picking it up. They're not talking about it. They're not following up. They're not asking Gavin Newsom. They're not asking the new secretary of state, who, by the way, is now handling the recall process. I want to get into that in just a moment. It's, it's really a tragedy that the media is not doing its job, but we're doing our job. How do we know, Mike, for example, that the Secretary of State's office wasn't doing the same thing with the recall, right? Anything about the recall posted on social media? How do we know they weren't trying to snuff voices about that? Well, that's what's very interesting, Graham, because reality is Judicial Watch requested specific information through the Freedom of Information Act, and that was on the elections, and the recall happened to bubble up in those articles. So under the Freedom of Information Act, a lot of the things that we hear come out in the papers even about Newsom that they dare report on, we don't know the specifics behind the scene. We are going to have to issue a number of FIA, Freedom of Information Act, requests. What's even scarier is that the Secretary of State talking about Facebook posts, talking about Twitter posts, people's opinions like yours and mine was doing this under the US government's Cybersecurity Act, which has nothing to do with social media. It simply has to do with whether or not people are hacking into a voting system. The color of government, that's what they're using here. So uh, this is to anybody who's paying attention in California, and I don't know how many are, this should be more evidence 
uh, more indictment, if you will, of the sitting governor for, in the end, the Secretary of State is under his prowess. And so this should be further evidence to, to recall the guy, should it not? Absolutely. And it also comes back to the arrogance of California where Newsom stated a while back, we're a nation state. In other words, now we have our state government acting like the federal government. I can't think of any other state that will go to this length, if you will, to openly collaborate with big tech and big media the way that they're doing. But reality is under Newsom, they just think they're impervious to any of the will of the people on a number of issues. This no should accountability. Be, this should be a warning shot to all Americans, as I say, not just in California, because this, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I guarantee it. That below the surface, you have all elements of various blue state governments, but also the federal government, AKA the swamp, in communication with these social media companies of the world. But let's go back to the recall. The process is rather arcane in California, but it's, it's constitutionally laid out. There are like a, a series of 30-day windows. In a nutshell, now that you've hit the threshold to trigger the election, there is a, a series of processes that kind of push out the date of an actual recall election, if you want to call it that, because in the end, it's not. And maybe we can get into that a little bit. It's a recall month or whatever they're going to do in California. So what, what is the process he's now in a nutshell? Well, they're delaying the process, obviously, as much as they legally can. Currently, the, it, the recall has qualified for the ballot with about 1,600,000, signatures validated already. Now, they still have another 136,000 to go. And I know this is shocking to you. They're not on time with their reports. The original report was supposed to come out April 19th. They came out literally a week later on April 23rd. Then they had promised it by Friday of that week. It's supposed to be on the 29th. This just in, breaking news. They're not there yet. And now they're claiming they legally have until May 6th. They're using that period and they're a little unclear as to when the 30 day period starts for the withdrawal of signatures, which frankly, Gavin Newsom doesn't have a chance on, but we'll probably end up with about, let's say about 1.8 million that are validated. After that, there's a 30 day period where it goes to the legislative financial committee, because of course they have to find the money. And I'll get into that in one second, which is very interesting. Then another 30 day period for the legislature to kind of leaf through it. Then the, uh, after that, the Lieutenant Governor has to set an election date between 80 to 100 days based kind of on the alignment of the moons you now on the first Tuesday of the month or so. So it will be somewhere either in late October, or early November. Okay, all right. So back interesting. What's interesting, I want to throw this in here, is that the Secretary of State's office or the uh, the people fiscally responsible for this are now claiming the election is going to cost $400 million. Two very important points on that. In Gavin Newsom's own statement on the petition, he had said a year ago, February, it will cost 80 to $100 million. But the fact that Gavin Newsom has mandated mail-in ballots has now run the price of the election up to $18 a head, or he's jacked up the price of his own election. His 18, own $18 per voter, per registered per voter, voter. Correct. Just somewhere in the neighborhood of what, 17, 18, 19 million registered voters? Yes. Yeah, so the approximate could be 400 million right now. 
so say 18,000, 18 million uh, registered voters in, uh, in California, many of whom are alive still. Um, but, but it also means that these ballots are going to be mailed to, you know, multiple ballots to single locations. We've seen this before. We saw it in the 2020 election cycle. There's been no audit and there will be no audit in the People's Republic of California of the presidential election cycle in that state because they don't want people to know. And you'll never hear the mainstream media saying, hey, Gavin Newsom, when are you going to audit the 2020 election cycle? It's never going to happen. They're in collusion, as, as we already know. But if we did do an audit, it, like election integrity would want us to, we would know that there are multiple ballots being mailed to single locations all over California. What's powerful and interesting to understand, though, what we have to make sure in this special election that people participate in a special election like we're having here. And you're absolutely right. We didn't audit the presidential election, and I doubt we'll audit many elections going forward. But for everybody watching this, please make sure that you vote to get Gavin out. Our biggest fear is having done all this work. And then the Republicans and even the Democrats around them go, eh, you know what? It's inconvenient. The World Series is on. Make sure that you vote yes to remove Gavin Newsom. Well, that, that begs the question, Mike. I mean, it's all, you know, they always say it's always about voter turnout. Well, how do you, first of all, how do you quantify that going into an election where everybody's going to get a mail-in ballot? And how do you stimulate the voter turnout when everybody's going to have this sitting on their uh, on their coffee ta a coffee table in, in the living room, that's one of the reasons that we're asking that we need to continue to raise money. We need to run on the side vote yes to get rid of Gavin. We call Gavin2020.com. A series of uh, public information TV commercials continue with a radio blitz, just the way that we got these to make sure that people know to vote. Let me tell you something. In the last election where Gavin Newsom's opponent lost, although his opponent got 4.9 million signatures, only three and a half million Republicans voted out of 5 million. Mm -hmm. So that could be the major difference. So if just the Republicans and the independents and the Democrats would step up and make sure that they voted and we do a better job on the yes Gavin side, I think this is going to be successful, but it really requires participation. And we need to make sure that we collect all the ballots one way or the other. And just to refresh for people keeping score at home uh, in case they don't live in California or even if they do and they're not paying attention, it's a binary question that'll be mailed to all voters, registered voters, the ones who are alive and the ones who are dead in California. And it's the first question on the ballot's gonna be, do you wanna recall the governor, yes or no? And then the second would be, do you wanna vote for Caitlyn Jenner or whoever uh, for a replacement? So theoretically, you could be a Democrat voter, love Gavin Newsom, vote no uh, to recalling him and then still vote for uh, a candidate like Caitlyn Jenner. By, by the way, I'm not promoting Caitlyn Jenner. And I know your organization hasn't picked a candidate. Maybe you will, and I know you'll let me know uh, if and when you do, but I gotta ask you, there was a poll out, and I don't believe the polling, okay? I'm going to preface this by saying I don't believe the polling uh, because we know it's corrupt. They often go out, the mainstream media, and they commission a poll to have a certain result. But X amount has got to be valid, okay? So according to this Public Policy Institute poll, 59% of Californians approve of the way Gavin Newsom 
is handling schools when 39%, only 39% of public school, high school students are available, allowed to go back to in-classroom at this, as we speak, only 39% according to the LA Times. So 59% approve of that. Not only that, 59% ostensibly approve of the way he's killing the economy in California. Do you believe this poll? No, I don't, but I do believe some of the polls, and this is where it gets mixed, okay? The same institute, and now they're putting on, of course, publishing polls that show this, that, and the other. But let's get back right into the core issue here. The core issue is when the Public Policy Institute, a couple of weeks before that, they found that 40% of the people would be in favor of recalling Gavin Newsom and about... 45% would vote to keep them. This is the most important to this conversation. 13.8% or 14% of the people are undecided. Mm. Now, you can do the math. The reality is if it's really 38% today would vote to remove them and 14% are undecided. Now, I know you're good at math, Graham, but for those of you out there that's not, if we could take the 14% that are undecided and make them decide, yes, that's 52% to remove him. Now, what's interesting about the polls you mentioned, there's a lot of reason to remove Gavin Newsom. There's the corruption in his office with the bequeathed payments, the, the way he's run schools, there's the homeless on the street. If you take a specific issue, some people will be happy and some people won't. We're not voting on schools. We're voting to remove Gavin Newsom. And the question for the public, for that 14% that's undecided, has Gavin Newsom done enough to be removed from office? And I think the obvious answer is yes. If you like the way he's run schools, it's probably not the same people who asked about the economy. Yeah, well, we'll find out in about six months or so. In the meantime, this is why you still have the website active uh, and why you are still active out there raising money. And I want to caution people in California, and you don't have to get into this. This is just my opinion. Uh, there are quasi nefarious people out there, political operatives that are raising money off your effort. And I'm not going to go into grave detail, but you got to be careful out there. And I would reject those people. And the only site, the only effort to support is the one that Mike and Orrin Heathley are behind, and that is recall Gavin 2020. Don't be fooled by some of these other opportunists in the Republican Party. And I'm not going to name names, but in the Republican Party who are opportunists uh, during this effort to a very serious effort and solemn effort to recall a sitting governor of California, maybe for only the second time. Recall Gavin 2020.com. That is the site. If you're interested, there's plenty of information on there. And Mike, there is a mechanism for donations on recall2020.com, correct? Absolutely. And every donation we take in, every expenditure that we do, we are a political pack and it's reported to the public. So we're 100% transparent, spending 100% of our money on the drive to get Gavin out of office. And I'd also like to add, because I know your uh, broadcast goes all over the country. If you're in another state, Please help us, because remember, if not, the policies of Gavin Newsom are coming to your neighborhood soon, and you can see that with the current federal administration. It's like a cancer, and you've got to 
cut off the cancer at the at the location as as as, as quickly as possible, and that's what you're trying to do. Mike, uh, thank you, and uh, keep up the great work, and please keep us informed. Okay. Absolutely. RecallGavin2020.com. So we got Ropa doped, right? Muhammad Ali would agree. We got Ropa doped by Facebook and Twitter and YouTube 10, 15 years ago, right? When we first created our accounts, I think I started maybe around 2010. So for me, it was 11 years ago. I don't even know if they existed 15 years ago. So 10, 11, 12 years ago is when all this started to come to fruition. So we got Ropa doped into creating these accounts getting hooked on them like heroin, like social media heroin. And then all of a sudden, with all this power, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube says, whoa, you know what? We need to control these people. That's effectively what has happened here. Think back 20 years ago, before Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, we survived all right, right? So one way to handle this, in my opinion, is just to walk away. I tend to disagree with that. I tend to try and abide by what Christ said, and that's go to the sinners. So I'm going to hang in as long as I can. My days are numbered. I have strikes against me on all platforms. Even LinkedIn got me (laughs) for the audacity of talking about the vaccines and potential side effects. Oh, you're not allowed to do that on LinkedIn. No. So I'm on double secret probation across the board on all these platforms. I'm Followers, of hemorrhage followers on uh, on Twitter. I don't even take it seriously anymore, but I do post from time to time. So what's the solution? Is it government? You trust the courts? No. You trust the swamp to relegate and and to uh, to regulate these social media companies? Hell no. Hell no. But I do trust us. I do trust we the people and. I trust people like Mike Lindell and Donald Trump, all right? And my message to people again and again and again is we got to stick together. I think there is the power of the free markets. And Mike Lindell and Donald Trump and Graham Ledger and the rest of us embody the free markets. And yes, it's a tough time right now. It's very tough for me, especially somebody who is independent. I'm not affiliated with anybody anymore. So Graham Ledger's voice is out there, a lone voice in the wilderness like Gandhi. But as Gandhi said, a lone voice in the wilderness is not always wrong, right? So we need to stick together and we need to use these other platforms. And I suggest to you that even if you don't typically do Twitter and Facebook, even long before all this censoring was going on, that maybe you do participate in frank speech. And I'm on there as an influencer And I'm going to continue to be on there. And God bless Mike Lindell for allowing me to do that. Donald Trump's going to have his platform, platforms, hopefully, um, pretty soon. So it's my suggestion that we use the free market in order to beat back the YouTubes of the world. And YouTube is is a huge gorilla, worldwide global gorilla. But we can turn Frank's speech... If 100 million Americans participate in frank speech, just Americans alone, right? Frank speech is a global. They can do, people in India can join, or China, or in Africa, or wherever, Australia. But just Americans alone, if if 100 million Americans participate in frank speech, boy, that's fantastic. That would be fantastic. I don't think they're at that number just yet, but 
They were expecting initially maybe $20 million. Okay, great. Great start. Wonderful. You get Donald Trump's going, $50, $100 million there. It'd be awesome. This is the way. So I suggest to you that there is a free market solution here because I don't trust government and I don't trust the courts. I trust you. I trust the American people. I trust Mike Lindell. I trust Donald Trump. And I trust Graham Ledger because clearly what we are facing here and we have more and more evidence of is this collusion. Yes, Google collusion between big government and big tech. And there are organic free market solutions to this huge problem. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>